Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Norton Rose Fulbright Regulation Tomorrow podcast, where we explore developments in risk and regulation in the financial services sector. My name's Ian Hawthorne. I'm a senior manager in our risk consulting practice, and I'm joined by my colleagues from our financial services team in London, Jonathan Herbst, our global head of financial services regulation, Matt Gregory, special counsel, and Joe Bamford, senior associate, all of whom have been involved in supporting various clients in and around the implementation of the FCA's consumer duty over recent months. Now, this podcast comes shortly after the first interim milestone the FCA outlined in its end July policy statement, which was the 31st of October 2022 deadline for firms, boards or equivalent management bodies to have scrutinised and agreed implementation plans for the new consumer duty. In this podcast, we'll be exploring what firms should be focusing on next as part of the implementation effort. So firstly, turning to Jonathan, at what stage should firms be at now with their respective consumer duty implementation plans? Thanks, Ian. Hello, everybody. So first things first, firms should have approved or be close to getting approved uh, from their governing body all of their consumer duty implementation plans. As everybody knows, end of October, was the official deadline with a little bit of wriggle room. So that's point number one. Uh, point number two, equally importantly, the governing body should have challenged and inter interrogated the plan, so it shouldn't just be a rubber stamp. And it's important to have a really good audit trail of that in the usual fashion, because as has been clear to everybody, the FCA could come knocking, and they've made that quite clear uh, on a random basis to check up on how firms are doing. So that's all of the stuff to date. Um, going forward, I think, man, that's the really key message. It's not a time to sort of take your foot off the accelerator. It's probably a time to do even more work because obviously there are two key dates coming up. For manufacturers, there's the end of April next year, 2023, for sharing relevant information with distributors. And for everybody, uh, in terms of open products, there's the end of July next year, 2023, for the deadline for implementation, and then obviously one more year for the closed products. I think for anyone who's looked at the plans that they need and thought about them, you know, if there is a, an application of the consumer duty, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, here we are pretty much on the threshold of November, just a few weeks or six-ish, seven-ish business weeks to go before the end of the year. Before you know it, you'll be into Q1. And if one doesn't take it seriously, one could run out of time. So I think the key message, and I think the FCA have been really clear on this in speeches and in their guidance, is you know carry on the important work, do it in a timely way. And uh, that's the key. Back to you, Ian. Thanks, Jonathan. That's, that's great. And I think the importance of retaining a sound audit trail of the discussion, review, challenge of, of implementation plans is particularly important, as you, as you say, um, to demonstrate appropriate engagement with the plan. Um, and it's something, as, as you mentioned, that the FCA has said it may ask of firms. So evidence of, of that discussion, review, challenge in, in due course. So now, now turning to, to Matt, what would you say are the key next steps for clients over the coming months as they approach the, the end of the calendar year? Yeah, hi, hi everybody, and th thanks Ian and, and Jonathan. I think, look, to the extent firms haven't completed some of this already as part of the, their, their implementation planning, clearly scoping the products, customers, and then the firm's role in the overall 
distribution chain is going to be really important. I think most firms will have done that work in order to get to the, the plan itself and to work through some of the implications in terms of organizational requirements, processes, be that the fair value framework that's going to be needed or other pieces of the overall framework to support implementation of the new consumer duty. But clearly that, that early piece around scoping is, is really important. And I think some of our experience working with clients over the past six weeks or so really intensively on uh, preparing their implementation plans is that actually some of those points around scoping, you know, in some cases, haven't been as readily understood as they might be. So you know, one good example of that is the potential extraterritoriality of the new consumer duty, where you know, for investment business, there might be uh, retail customers in other jurisdictions and, and what that really means. So, so really just making sure that those pieces are, are properly locked down, interrogated, and, and so on, as Jonathan said. Then clearly the, the gap analysis is, is really significant. Many firms will have done um, a piece of work on that already, but if there are some areas still left to be addressed, then clearly that's very important. Overall, on the gap analysis and then the build over the course of the next few months, so be that organizational processes, which I mentioned, frameworks like the Fair Value Framework, or looking again and, and enhancing the frameworks around distribution of financial promotions and other communications, uh, customer terms and conditions, and so on. And to the extent that it's possible to identify any gaps or areas which um, could have a more significant impact in terms of detriment on retail customers um, and your firms are looking at the work plan over the next few months to try to work out prioritization the SCA has been clear that it does does expect obviously that firms prioritize those areas where the potential risk of uh, retail customer detriment is higher and so thinking about some of those things at this stage is, is really important as well just to make sure that you know, firms are able to stick to a, a well thought through uh, implementation plan that's got a methodology behind it Resourcing uh, is obviously a big, big area, and, and for some firms, something of an unknown until they get into the meat of the implementation itself, that, that all of those work streams, which would have been um, set down in imp implementation plans and, and looked at by boards um, over recent weeks. So effectively making sure that those resources within the business have been secured so as to be able to deliver the work streams within the time frame, and also assessing the cost of external resource and ensuring that budgets are in place. And one of the things that we've been speaking to clients quite a lot about is the need to regularly engage board over the course of the coming months. So if there are some areas of uncertainty where costs can't yet be um, uh, forecasted with sufficient accuracy, building in those assumptions, testing them, and then reevaluating, and, and if needs be, going to board and ensuring that the appropriate resourcing is put in place in order to support implementation right the way through, ultimately for some firms, as Jonathan said, through to middle of 2024 for closed products. Two final pieces um, in terms of just the next few months then, um, clearly upskilling staff across the business will be really important given the very expansive nature of the new consumer duty. And then finally, engagement with external stakeholders. So other firms in the distribution chain, obviously, also outsourced service providers, though, shouldn't be overlooked. They'll have often a key role to play in servicing the delivery of regulated activities to retail customers. So all of those things really are things that should be baked into the implementation plan itself. And it's a case of working through those methodically over the course of the next few months. Just to come back to one final point before I hand back to you, Ian, just picking up a thread through some of those points I just made is about the need to go back to the implementation plan 
and to ensure that it reflects accurately what is being learned as, as the firm sort of goes through the implementation process quite dynamically and then upgrading it amending it validating assumptions as needs to be over the course of the next year is going to be is going to be really key thanks matt there's there's obviously lots there for, for clients to consider as implementation programs really begin to begin to mobilize so detailed gap analyses and scoping in in particular ahead of the the build and uplift across various areas working with with uh, relevant external stakeholders across the distribution team is particularly important so um finally turning to turning to you joe and um, what other broader things do you think clients need to be thinking about above and beyond those areas that Matt touched on and over the over the coming period? Thanks Ian. Yeah I, th I think there's, there's a few broad points that I think firms will need to consider. I mean Matt makes a really good point about the implementation plan and it really is a, meant to be in a living document that firms keep updating it as Matt mentioned but it's going to be really important you know, governance is a key element of the consumer duty and something that the FCA wants to see you know, as a cultural piece embedded across the firm. Um, and you can see that as well with the consumer duty champion role that there's going to be an emphasis on, you know, the FCA wanting to see boards or other steering committees, management committees responsible for overseeing the implementation to really ensure that they get sufficient updates and that they're interrogating and challenging the firm's plans, the assumptions that, uh, you know, resting on it, whether they've got the right level of resources to deliver by the interim April deadline and then obviously the full deadline for July. Um, that's going to be key in the same way also ensuring that you know there's sufficient management information flowing up to those bodies from the uh, implementation sort of groups or project teams that are running those um, and making sure that they are able to request those additional resources if required I mean there's definitely going to be certain points in the implementation journey where I think there'll be added stresses in terms of the things that people are going to have to look at you know for some firms there's going to be particularly voluminous reviews of uh, customer you know facing documentation for example that they may need to look at external resource um, or if there's other BAU projects or demands that mean that you can't uh, take on as much internal resource. Separately I think it's going to be really important as well that firms really document uh, and keep a good audit trail of where they've made key decisions on sort of their methodology or taxonomy for the purposes of their consumer duty implementation plan. I mean the FCA drafting is obviously it's, it's very outcomes fo focused, which means in some areas there's not necessarily great specificity and there's different sort of views and, and interpretations that can be taken on some areas, particularly where maybe we're waiting for some FCA, further FCA guidance. Um, and where firms are taking view on that or on things that are more relevant to the firm, where they see defining the foreseeable harms for certain products or what their view is on what fair value means for that firm it's going to be really important that firms document that and again so that that can then go through the appropriate governance be challenged and interrogated to ensure that it's properly embedding the consumer duty and then finally i mean i think looking a bit further ahead as you know into the next year i mean firms really need to take you know stock of the fact that by really april and and, and into july but april for manufacturers they need to have completed that gap that rigorous gap analysis need to have put all of their products other than closed products through that upgraded product governance framework done their fair value assessment you know by april for manufacturers they need to be sharing that information with distributors they need to think about you know taking any remediation steps once they've obviously put their products through that framework by next July. Separately, you obviously need to think about upgrading your operational arrangements, your customer documentation to accommodate the consumer understanding and consumer support outcomes. 
um, you know, thinking about things like, is there sufficient friction in the process? Is your post-sales processes, you know, a mirror to your pre-sale in terms of the level of customer support that you're offering? And then obviously also ensuring that staff are sufficiently upskilled on all of these updated systems and controls, policies and procedures, so that the new consumer duty is really embedded within the culture of the firm. Um, so yeah, certainly a lot to be uh, doing going forwards. Thanks, Joe. That's that's great. So I guess governance, MI, audit trail of key decisions, engagement with third parties and, and training are perhaps maybe five key takeaways there for, for clients. Um, we'll pause there for today, but do stay tuned for further sessions on key matters regarding the new consumer duty over the coming weeks and months. And do also head over to our Consumer Duty microsite, which you can access directly from the Norton Rose Fulbright website homepage, which includes various thought leadership materials and information on our support offerings. Thank you very much for listening.